This winter, migrants in Chicago have faced sub-zero temperatures, shifting government policies, and a lot of uncertainty. I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. This winter, the Johnson administration pushed back a shelter stay limit twice, but the new deadline is looming. The first wave of evictions will come in about a month. And right now, more than 13,000 people remain in city shelters. They're facing pressure to find housing fast. And each person who has arrived has their own story. So today and tomorrow, we're airing conversations with people who have newly arrived. Now, I recently sat down with Kelvis, who's only using his first name for his privacy and safety. He's currently staying at Starting Point Community Church in Belmont Cragen. That church is part of a program partnering with the city to offer temporary shelter. Calvis is originally from Caracas, Venezuela, and he arrived in Chicago in September of last year. The leader of the church, Pastor Jonathan Della O, translated for us, and this was our conversation. Hi, Calvis. Hi. So you arrived five months ago. Uh, tell me about the difficult journey. What's the first thing that comes to mind when you think about what you had to go through to come here to Chicago? Bueno. Este, la dificultad es más que todo en la selva colombiana con la selva panameña. The, the journey for myself was, was very difficult. Um, the first part uh, that, was, that was tough was the, the jungle that goes between Colombia and Panama, the jungle of Darien. There it is exhausting uh, physically and mentally. You, you have to be physically fit and prepared to go through that because we had to walk through the jungle for days, sometimes without uh, food. And so we would depend on sometimes just just water and other small, um, just little snacks that we picked up on the way there. Um, that, that was difficult. The second part that was difficult for, for me and for many of us is our time in Mexico, where we would have to be on the train uh, to get over to, to the border, to the United States border. Um, the nights there are, are very cold, and uh, the during the day it's very hot. It's unsupport. It, it, you can't you can't support it. You know it's really difficult. Uh, sometimes for us we we don't have food on the train. There's no way to have access to food, and so we just depend on people from the neighboring towns tossing water or bags of food over onto the train. How did you end up deciding? to come to Chicago specifically. Cuando crucera la frontera, me entregué a la patrulla fronteriza. So when I when I when I gave myself when, when I got to the border and I turned myself into immigration, they put us into this place that looked similar like a like a jail cell. And there I'd spent 2 days there. I had a, an address to go to in Texas, like a person that I could connect with in Texas. But once I got there, they never picked up, we never connected. And those of us who were in this this, this jail cell um, situation, we were talking amongst ourselves about going to Chicago, or the word spread out that we can go to Chicago. And so there was there was a nearby church that was able to fit the bill, pay the bill, um, to bus us, a group of us, to Chicago. And when we arrived to Chicago, this was during the time where they were receiving people at the stations. And so we didn't know where to go, uh, and then they just dropped us off at the stations. And when I arrived, I started living in the stations, but in, in the tents outside the stations. 
What was it like for you living in the tents? It was difficult for, for me at the beginning because I wasn't accustomed to that. They gave us very minimal in the beginning. They provided a, a, a very thin mat and, and a blanket, and that, that's all. The station wasn't set up for us to, to shower, so um, we weren't able to do that. We were able to use the restroom um, from, from time to time. And uh, little by little, uh, volunteer groups, people were donating something like a, a sturdier mattress, um, more blankets. And with time, you get used to it. You know, I, I got used to it, but in the beginning, I, I was not used to that. When did you join the pastor's shelter? So we, we got to know Pastor Jonathan and some of the guys who are living at the church already. Um, they came down one night to, to give out arepas, which is a Venezuelan dish, a cuisine, and uh, some personal hygiene products. And there was pastors, some volunteers, and the guys who were living there, and they were helping distributing the items out to us. And one of the guys told me what, what the pastor was doing, the setup at, at the church. And obviously it interested me and a couple others because now it's living under a roof and not in a tent. And so Pastor Jonathan began, began to take us to, to church. And about like three weeks into it, he opened up the doors for, for me. And I have a, a, a couple months now staying, staying with him. And uh, what did it feel like? to move into the church. Do you remember day one? When I got there, um, the, the first few things that I felt was peace and tranquility and security. Uh, so that's one of the things that I, that I received uh, from there. When I first attended to the attended the church, I felt there was a different energy, a different feel. I felt at home, I felt peace. And so that's basically what, what's been around me, what they give with housing and food and what the pastor provides as far as like wisdom, how to manage the, the house and, and us has been, uh, has been the experience for, for us. It's interesting to hear you say you felt tranquility and peace. When was the last time you felt that before that day at the church? Wow, este, hace muchos años en Venezuela. Wow, the last time I felt that kind of uh, peace and tranquility was years ago in, in, in Venezuela, where I was able to share uh, time with my family, with families, and when there was no crisis in Venezuela, it was the last time I felt peace and tranquility. I want to go back to Venezuela and talk about life there. When you left Venezuela. Where did you go? Yo dejé Venezuela y el primer país que estuve fue República Dominicana. When I left Venezuela, I went to the Dominican Republic. I went straight there. I spent about a year and four months there. But in Venezuela, you had a life. Growing up, working. What was your job? Bueno, yo estuve cinco años como funcionario policial. For five years, I was a police officer in Venezuela. And then the last three years, I served as a security personnel, like Secret Service security for diplomatic individuals. Did you like that job as a police officer? 
I, I loved I loved it. I loved my job. Uh, I loved being part of it. What it is, the the the, the courses, the training, they were really fun uh, fun for me. Uh, it made me feel like I you know was doing something good. Uh, when I was a child, you know I I grew up thinking about being a uh, a firefighter or a pilot or or an officer, and so I was able to do that. And now with technology, a lot has changed. What is your favorite memory of growing up in Caracas? Son varias memorias, pero más que todo es cuando there's there's a lot of memories that I have, um, good memories, fond memories, but one of them that sticks out is the time that I spent with like family festivities, when the families would get together and we would just uh, celebrate uh, an occasion. There would be food and there would be dancing and there would be uh, some some drinking, but it was it was as if it, if we had something against like a cousin or or, or another person. During that time, we were just all getting along and having having a good time. So you go from having these wonderful childhood memories with your family. Of course, I'm sure there's struggle, but you grow up to do this job that you always imagined you would do. But at some point, you were pushed to leave the country. What was that ultimate push? Tienes tristeza? Y alegría, porque tristeza porque dejas atrás tu familia. For me, in part, it was sadness and joy. Sadness because I'm leaving my family. I left my family and and my 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 rhythm, my pattern, my lifestyle. I left behind. And happy because during that time it was difficult, and so in Venezuela, and so going to another country, starting at zero and kind of just, you know, building up uh, something for myself so I can send back to my family. That was exciting for me, knowing that I, I had the opportunity somewhere else. Dominican Republic. Yes, in Rep uh, Dominican Republic, but uh, I, I spent there a year and a half almost, and but then I went to Peru and I spent about five years there. Why did you go to Peru? Antes de yo salir de Venezuela, salió mi hermana primero. So my, my, my sister, she moved to Peru, and that was the, I, the, the plan for me to, to meet up with her. However, it, it cost, the, the cost to go to Peru was a little bit more expensive. I had enough money to go to the Dominican Republic, so that's where I went. At the Dominican Republic, it didn't go so well for me. Uh, it was until, it was at that point that my sister financed the trip from the Dominican Republic to Peru to meet up with her. And so I got there and spent about two weeks looking for work. I got work and then um, was able to raise some funds in hopes to, to bring my, my, my family, my children, out of Venezuela. Now we're in Chicago. You're taking classes now. What do you most like to learn about? Right now I'm currently taking some math classes. And on the 17th, I will be taking ESL classes, English classes, um, which I'm looking forward to because I know it's important to learn English. I know how to translate words. Uh, it's just I, I have a difficult time to speak it. What else do you like to do in your spare time? Hobbies. me gusta salir a conocer lugares nuevos. 
I like to 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 sightsee, to travel, Chicago. I would love to to get to know the United States. But just just recently, what we we've been doing with the pastor is that every Thursday we cannot miss it. We will take the van and we'll we'll go out and play basketball together. You want to see more of the United States. Tell me more about your hopes for the future, and what is next for you, Kelvis. A futuro, yo quisiera este terminar lo que es el bachillerato aquí. One of the things that I, I, I hope to uh, fulfill some goals is obviously finishing my GED classes so I can go to a university level and, and get a career out of it um, from what I study. But to, as far as traveling goes, yeah, from when I was little, seeing things um, about the United States, I want to go to different states here, uh, visit uh, Miami, New York, New Jersey, um, places like that so that I could get to know. And your family? Any chance of bringing them to the United States with you? Yeah, I would love that opportunity to, to happen. If that opportunity made itself available, I would definitely take it. You know, I have friendships forming and, and good people around me, but it just it brings another warmth and level of warmth in having family around. Uh, siblings, cousins, mother, father, kids. Kids is, is the motor. It's what pushes us to continue on. And so I, I, would, I would love to, to have that opportunity. What else can you tell me about your kids? Bueno, yo tengo cuatro hijos. El mayor se llama Rancés. Los dos del medio, que son mellizos, son niña y niños, Royner y Anastasia. Y la más pequeña se llama Aranza. Yeah, well, I have four children. Um, the firstborn is um, Rancés. Uh, and then the, the, two, the two that follow, uh, I have twins, boy and girl, and then the little one. And I remember that when I would come home from work, it was... It was like a roller coaster ride. They would just jump on me as if I was just like a roller coaster. And, um, you know, I remember that fondly. Uh, what it was to, to, like, play with one, they would they would try to uh, fight over who's going to play with me or who's going to sleep on top of me. Um, we, unfortunately, uh, their mother and I separated. Um, but... I think they miss you too. Bastante. A lot. Before I let you go, what would you like to see from the government here in Chicago? At the city level, the state of Illinois, even the national government, as you and, and uh, other folks from Venezuela and other countries uh, south of the border are trying to find their way here. I would say to not make it too too easy for us in regards to the shelter and the food. What's what's important for us is the documentations we need in order for us to work. Because with with now with a job we can become independent. We can we can do our we can live life. Um, the help that we've received, it's been great, but what matters mostly is the work permits and anything, any legal documents that go along with that for us to be able to be 
be of, of a resource here in this in this country. Um, for the government, it, it actually, it would be a good thing if that was able to be uh, sped up a little bit because you're talking about hands of labor that will be poured into the country and us paying taxes, which would also bring in uh, income and economy into the government. We've been speaking with Calvis, a new arrival here in Chicago. Welcome to Chicago, and thank you so much for taking the time to share your story. Thank you. This episode was produced by Max Lubers, edited by Meha Ahmed, and mixed by Brenda Ruiz. If you like this conversation, check out our full catalog of episodes wherever you find your podcasts. That's it for Reset. Thanks for listening. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk again tomorrow.